Okay. Oh, there we go. We are going. Probably have to turn down levels due to uh, Stinko Tedarenko's heavy breathing. But we are here, and what an awesome uh, surprise. I thought I was doing just Tanner Burn, and Stinko Tedarenko's delivering skate sharpening in the Zone 8 area. So uh, welcome, Stinko Tedarenko. I haven't seen you. I never see you. You're in Toronto. Now you are in PA right now. Now I'm in PA. I'm in Calgary. You see me too much. I'm about to move back. Talked about that before. <laughs> I'm heavy breathing because I'm always training, Kelly. Always <laughs> training. Never stop training. Heart rate's up. Just want to make sure you're you're ready for the winter. Okay, this is great. We've got our this is the first live one from the house with Stinko Tedarenko in here. And then our guest right now will pass it over. This is gonna be awesome. Uh maybe my favorite sport. I'm not gonna lie. I love going into an NHL rank. I get goosebumps, but there's one sport I think above NHL that I get goosebumps, and it is the PBR, and we've got one of the best bull riders, and this is crazy that we've got one of the best bull riders ever in Canada, and he didn't didn't even have to take a highway or or paved road to get here, just down the dirt road, and oh, I wish I could do a PBR voice, because that guy's the best. We got ourselves a real Western champion. He's been born into it with his family, with a long line of winning. This guy now just retired. Now from bull riding to bullfighting, please welcome from Tick with a Side of Tets, Tanner Byrne. Tanner Bird, how are you, buddy? I'm good, my man. That was uh, that was the intro for the ages right there. I like that one. I think you, you could have a job. Good. I need a job. I don't have any job, so there we go. That's it. That's it. I'm looking into it. What, don't what? worry. We're the same. We got we got no jobs right now either. It's it's wide open trying to figure out what we're going to do and where we're going to head next. Oh, okay. This is, yeah, this is crazy times. But you just had a, you did a PBR at your house, which is unbelievable. You just did two. I went to both of them. Is the best. How'd you guys, uh, how'd you get about doing that, a COVID PBR? Man, you know, it, it was, it's one of those deals where, like, bull riding and, and um, bucking bulls, you know, that, that whole lifestyle, that's, that's all I've ever known since day one. So when it came to this COVID time and there was no events, nothing for the guys to go to, nowhere for us with Flying Four Bucking Bulls to take our bulls to, me as a bullfighter now, nowhere to go and work, um, it just kind of made sense to just, say screw it and we're going to do our own deal right here in the backyard so it started with a practice pen like we normally have for the guys uh bringing our bulls and the guys will just get on some uh bulls you know just for fun just to stay in tune and then uh we decided to do a little jackpot event of of its own and and format it like a pbr uh and it went great that was the first one that you were at um guys really liked it the bulls were awesome um, you know the the sponsors and everybody that was involved really enjoyed it, uh, and so we said, "Shit, let's let's get it done. Let's let's do this up full time." And uh, I got a call from the PBR, and and they seen what we did. We were doing a bunch of videos and stuff along with it for social media, you know, just to to promote the guys and promote the sport and keep it going up here. And uh, boom, yeah, they the PBR said, "Let's sanction it, and we'll have a full fledged professional event right there in in your backyard." and points towards the world standings points towards the canadian standings um it was huge and uh the guys got to uh, got to actually step up to the plate and ride for those points and and have fun and everybody involved had a great time and i think it was super cool you can probably contest to this too 
being that close to the action. That's so exactly I sold, where yeah. I wanted to lead to right? because it's like an intimate atmosphere. You know, you go to uh, PBR, you're in a huge arena, and unless you get lucky and you get down there, even then you're up in a seat. It was cool, man. We're in lawn chairs right up by the pen, and you get to see it. It's like comedy when you can watch comedy in a huge arena or you can watch it intimate in a club. And that's the best way to watch it. So it was unreal. And the cool part is after. So after it's it's at your place, so you can sit and have beers. And this was a, and I see all the boys sitting around, and the guy who won who uh, who won that last one, uh, Lonnie West. Yeah. And he's sitting there, and all the boys are sitting around. I was like, because you know how a beer is, and Joe will say like a beer after a big game. After that is the greatest beer. And I was like, so boys, how good is that beer after? And they all they almost all simultaneously laughed. Like, hey man. It ain't about the beer after. It's the dart. And you should have seen them <laughs> taking the tugs on those darts, man. They were pulling so hard. It was like ashied halfway through. Yeah, so PBR yeah. and bingo, the same uh, <laughs> the same feeling afterwards. After a blackout, after riding eight seconds on a bull, man, you pull on that dart. Yeah. Rip on your dart. Rip on your export. Yeah. Oh, boys. Yeah, it was, and I love that. Like, to see that, because you go to PBR, it's done, and you leave. But to uh, come over to your house watching all the boys kick uh, kick loose, and it's funny watching them after, because you don't know what a bull rider does. And then they're all going over their golf swings, what they're doing. Like, <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Man, that, like, the thing with, with, with bull riders, too, right? They're a bunch of random dudes that are probably, like, athletic and good at anything that they want to do you know lots of those guys and they're just a bit odd you know you got you know got something a little bit off in their head that makes them want to do something crazy and badass you know and try to make a living at it so uh that's when you when you come behind the shoots before you're getting on on the bull you'll you'll come back there and you can hear their conversation it's just like random ass shit of um you know somebody telling a story of you know 10 years ago or like you say just golf swings or random stuff's going on when you'd think that they would just be in the most intense zone like a football player or a hockey player getting ready to just you know go in the biggest game of their life and they're about to put their life on the line tied onto the back of a bull and they might be talking about well the girl that they were hanging out with last night you know it's just staying loose so bull, bull riders are goalies it. really they're they're actually yeah, goalies they're, they're the goalies hey, of the sports world <laughs> so i got one of my best buddies is um chad best plug and he's won the calgary stampede and won canada a bunch of times and uh he was in pa for the pbr the one year and dave manson came home and uh we were partying in one of those in the art house or one of the like the the raider or whatever it is like the uh dressing room yeah, yeah like yeah. the away dressing you know where we all where we all get ready and uh, this guy starts talking to Dave, and he said something about, you know, with his voice or something about, oh, too many cigarettes or some <laughs> fucking thing. And he had no clue who Dave was, and I looked at him, and he's one of my best friends, and I was like, dude, shut the fuck up. Are you kidding me right now? Like, no, no. And I looked at Dave, and I was like, Dave, I apologize. This guy is like our goalie. So, he's you know, he's a little bit fucking different, right? Uh, Dave's like, like, oh, like, man. Jesus, Chad, shut up. You're I, hope, us. I hope every well, I'm sure we've got so many hockey listeners and SAS people. Everyone knows who Dave Madsen is. Just, well, the craziest killer in NHL history took a shot to the throat. So here's the thing. You're talking about these guys that how do you like decide to get on a bull? But you were born in it. So you're uh, go through your little your your little your huge family history of because uh, the, the Burns, you guys are known. You're the best bull rider, but you guys were known for bull fighting. Or how was your dad at bull yeah, riding? Yeah, and your yeah. So I was like, as a bull rider, I was the oddball of the family type of thing. So my dad was a, a bullfighter, which 
uh, we don't, you know, you don't like to use those terms because in other countries, bullfighting is, you know, in Spain and all that stuff, it's it's terrible and and it's not anything to what we do. So what we do as bullfighters is cowboy protection athletes. So um, as a bullfighter, as a cowboy protection athlete, your job is to protect the bull riders at all costs. So if they get bucked off before the whistle or if they ride, uh, make the eight second whistle then you know get off the bull it's your job to take care of those guys and make sure that if somebody's going to take a hit from that bull it's you not them uh so my dad did that um for 25 30 years whatever it was um he was the first canadian to ever fight bulls at the wrangler national finals rodeo in las vegas uh, 1986 and then he went back a few times after that as an alternate uh so yeah he was like one of the best ever in the game. So I always say it was like having a having a dad that that played in the NHL. You know, you you were never forced into the sport. You never uh, nobody made you do it. But that's that's all we grew up on. That's all we watched. That's we just toured around with him as kids, and uh, you know, hit the million mile mark at probably eight years old. You know, just touring right. So it's all we ever knew. So um, me and my brothers. Uh, always just wanted to bull ride and rodeo, have that a part of our life. So um, my brothers both rode bulls for a little while and then switched to the bullfighting game, obviously, and uh, had great success. My cousin Scott, another cousin of ours, James. Um, yeah, there's list goes on and on of, of the, the burn crew being uh, cowboy protection athletes, but not just, you know, in your backyard or at home, like all over the world and, Jesse then followed in, in my dad's footsteps and was the first ever Canadian to fight bulls at the PBR World Finals in Las Vegas. And he's been a mainstay on that tour now for 11 or 12 years, I think. And, yeah, he's he's made his name as the best ever, really, in the game to, to do that. So and, is he better than your dad? Um, yeah. <laughs> do they have that conversation? Know, yeah. yeah, he'd be. That's what they would, he, you know, they would probably have that conversation. They're both pretty modest guys, so they would say that the other one's the best. But uh jesse's he's a little he's small and he's he's super super athletic and he just reads the game and uh i never got to really watch my dad a whole bunch right because you know there wasn't a bunch of videos and stuff from back in the day but from all the old boys back in the back in the day talking that you get to see now uh he was he was pretty good at what he did so pretty proud of it pretty proud of the family history and and that's how i got into it right i, I wanted to um follow in the footsteps of, of that western lifestyle and i was good at at riding bulls and uh, I was kicking ass at a young age and uh, winning at all levels that I went to. So I never, ever really wanted to do the switch over like, like they did, right? And, and my brother Jesse probably rode bulls better than I did, you know? So, and same as my brother Bo, they rode bulls really, really good, but they just wanted to do the bullfighting. See, and that's the thing. So for listeners that don't know uh, what Tanner looks like, bull riders are, are small guys, and your brothers are a lot shorter than you. You're 6'4". So that that's a like that's a little obstacle, isn't it? Because yeah, well, if you look at me and Jesse, we 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 look like we just picked the wrong fucking side of it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he's built like a bull rider, and I'm built like a bullfighter. You know, so it was kind of yeah. That's just kind of the name of the game because bull riding is pound for pound strength, uh, agility, balance. Um, so it, it it's very similar to a gymnast. So you don't see a lot of six foot four gymnasts right you have to be able to control 100 percent of your body at all times and you'd think that if you're a strong guy you'll be able to just hang on tight well 
you might be the strongest guy in the world. You might be big as my boy here, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, you ain't bigger than a 2,000-pound bull, and you're not going to overpower but a 2,000-pound that, that's bull. What, that's what I was going to ask. It doesn't matter what side of it. it. It always has to come with a level of respect for that animal. 100%. 100%. Man, that's the thing. You it's can, you it's can't not go a in fight. There. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dance. It's a... It's, you know, like I say, you're not going to take the power away from them. So it, it's all about your counter moves to what that yeah. bull's doing. Yeah, it's like Lieutenant Dan in a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> Just hoping not to bad. hold it. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, before we get too far in, too, I want to go through, because bull riders, you got a million uh, sponsors. We're going to get to our sponsors. How do, you, how do you like this Bard's beer that you're uh, oh, putting down, too? This is my... Uh, this is my virgin trip with the Bard beer, and I'll tell you what, she's on point. I like that. There you go. Nice. Oh, and then Joy, Joy just cracks one in my face right there. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, we, uh, we want to give a shout-out to Graham Delette's Bard's beer. That's what we're guzzling right now. We had a Canadian club whiskey, too, to mix around, and Joe has a player golf hat on, but... Chaser, you might have to get bigger player hats. Joey's mellet is on uh, the last button over there. Okay, so going from sponsors. So when you when you start getting into bull riding, how does the uh, how does that start from the beginning, like the ranks to go, and then when when do you start getting sponsors and that? because some bull, some of these guys that came to your house, you say there's an entry fee. So think of that. Put that in perspective. Guys pay a hundred bucks to ride a bull with no. There there might not be any money coming back their way. So if I think of riding a bull, I was like, yeah. For $10,000, if you pay me, I'll try it. Or if I get, as soon as I get something terminal, if I, if I get sick, they're like, you got a month to live, I'm driving straight to your house. Yeah. No, yeah. And, and uh, bull riding is, is just like any other sport. Uh, it's starting to gain notoriety all across the world now and in and, and Canada and, and PA of, of how you can actually make a living at it, right? When when I was growing up, it was, you were just kind of like, a, everybody thought we were hillbillies and, you know, not really uh up to speed uh of what was kind of going on in the world right but i knew there was guys making millions of dollars down in the u.s that were riding bulls and kicking ass so um and and just like anything kind of like lacrosse is starting to take off now and and all that different sort of stuff is is different sports are starting to roll uh it's all the same way so i started when i was about nine years old getting on junior steers which would be like you know novice hockey and then work my way up into uh uh, junior bulls and, and a little bit bigger animals a little bit buckier animals uh you know kind of adam uh peewee days and then worked your way up into say midget you know and, and and so on and so forth so it's always uh it's always about just moving to those different levels there's little britches rodeos all across canada which are under 16 rodeos for kids uh you work yourself up into the amateur ranks uh like you say starting from steer riding to junior bull riding to the actual bull riding side of it um and then uh trying to make it to the pros one day trying to make it to the big leagues which you know equivalent to the nhl of of being on the unleash the beast tour the premier tour of the pbr which um you know they take 35 guys to that sucker so it's it's you know kind of one in a million if you're gonna you're gonna make it there but the best part about it is uh it's all about your skills and your dedication you you know nobody can hold you back you tie your hand to that sucker and if you win you keep moving up the ranks so uh i got on my first like full-sized um, bucking bull when I was about 15 years old and and um, then when I was 18 turned professional and obviously at 15 you're getting on big bulls but not not the caliber of the PBR um, so when I turned 18 is when I started getting on those 
real deal bulls, those real buckers, and it took me quite a few years. Is to, there any a t- ever time through all this where somebody asks you, do you really want to do this, or has it just always been, that's what I want to do? There was never a decision, like, going through, and the bulls get bigger, and then someone pulls you aside and says, hey, you know, do you really want to do this, or it was just a no-brainer? For me, it was a no-brainer. Since I was three years old, it was a no-brainer. The only goal or passion or drive that I had was to be a world champion bull rider. So um, I think you'll find that in any other sport, too, of just different people and different drives and different attitudes that they have towards it. I lost a lot of buddies along the way that were probably just as skilled as me but, you know, didn't like the grind, didn't like the different levels and the different comfort zones that, that it took. You know, I was in a lot of weird situations all across canada and the u.s australia and by myself and not wanting you know anything to do with it and just wanting to be home you probably didn't have a lot of good night sleeps after rodeos it must be so (laughs) (laughs) so like really like your hips your back your neck your hands you're crippled man yeah especially now like um i i'm only i'm 28 years old but like my my back and stuff i lifted a generator the other day and i thought i was i'm still down man i can still hardly sleep at night just i think a lot of yeah there's just a lot of wear and tear on your body but when you're 20 years old or 21 22 you know none of that shit bothers you you're just rolling you know you're just thinking you're a rock star and doing badass shit and getting to see the world so there was never we'll get to your we'll get to your the long list of injuries but there was never when you were young like that there's an injury like that hurts why am i doing this no and like i when i was like i won the calgary stampede when i was like 10 years old and i collapsed the lung the same day on on the steer that i got and i couldn't go up on the stage to get me to have a big bronze and shit Uh, my dad had to go and accept my awards i was uh, admitted to the Calgary Children's Hospital <laughs> collapsed lung. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but that's the thing. It was like I had a drive, man. And and um, same as like like bullfighting now. Same thing. Like it doesn't matter what the hell happens to me, what's going on. You just, that's what you want to do. That's where you want to be. So doesn't matter what's standing in your way, fucking game on. So when I was a kid, yeah, I broke tons of, like, you know, I'd come back, come back to high school with broken collarbone or a broken leg and shit. And all the guys would be like, why are you doing this? What are you doing? It was like, it was never a question to me of why I was doing it. It's like, this is what I do. You know, this is my job. This is my living. I'm not doing this to be cool or doing this to act tougher than anybody else. This is just part of the game. You know, we knew that growing up. I watched our, watched our dad go through it. You know, my dad almost died uh, in Morris, Manitoba one year. Um he was fighting a pro rodeo, and he was, the hang-up come, and he went to jump in there, and the bull uh, switched back the wrong way and stuck a horn um, right between his eyes and, and hit him right between his eyes. But uh, the bull wasn't tipped right, so it was like a splinter. So, like, you know, like a fiberglass hockey stick where the splinters come off the stick? Oh. Yeah. Splinter come off, went right between his eyes, hit him. It was in National Geographic. It was a crazy story. should have killed him. There's no way he should have lived. Uh, wow. stuck off so he hits the ground and everybody gets out there to him and he's not knocked out but he's just laying there and he's like am I okay and there was guys come up and like puking and shit and they walk up to him and that splinter you know however big it was was just sticking sticking out of his head right between his eyes it was like a millimeter from his brain he was in they phoned the uh, it went on the news that bullfighter Ryan Byrne was killed in, in Morris Manitoba and it came back home to my grandparents and the brothers and shit and yeah you know before social media that's, all that stuff that's crazy, crazy. so like you know, pulling it all together so if you love something bad enough it nothing really hurts yeah it hurts it hurts but if you love something bad enough and go for kinda, it kind of i was the same way in hockey if 
you can get punched in the face, but if you love it bad enough, you'll keep going. So yeah, right, yeah, yeah. The uh, so I the stampede I went to, I went to one stampede, and you won that day, which was uh, it's like oh man, here we go, and then just electric to see you win. And then we watched uh, Bronco riding after, and a guy came on. I want to see what injuries you play. He had uh, two broken ribs. And I can't imagine anything worse than riding a Bronco with two broken ribs. Yeah, that sucks, man. Well, yeah. What's Breathing with two broken ribs oh. sucks. You know what I mean? But no, there's, it's, a different, it's a different breed. It's a different lifestyle. And it's, it's even at the highest level, you don't get paid unless you're getting on. So you'll see guys with injuries like that, with broken ribs, with a broken leg, with broken whatever the hell. If they can walk and, and talk – they're going to try to get on, which isn't, in my opinion, which isn't, isn't right because you just keep <laughs> making yourself worse and worse and worse. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with, with that realm of it, that this is how we feed our families. This is how we make our living. So if you're not getting on, you're not making any money, right? So you're going to try to ride through and do everything that you can uh, to, try to, to try to get that next ride to, to get paid, to pay your bills. That was like, when I was there too, I had cowboy boots. I wore them for one day and I was like, can't do it. My feet hurt too bad. And then we go and watch a guy on bucking Broncos with broken ribs. It was like my wife, we were in Poland. We go to Auschwitz and the thing changes if you go there, but she's like, Oh my God, I'm so cold and hungry right now. And I looked at her, I was like, wrong place to be saying that hon. wrong place. Oh, okay. So the, your the injuries you go through here. What what are uh, give give the give the checklist and that that sounds terrible. I know it is terrible. I apologize, but that's I said wrong place, wrong place, wrong place, babe. Let's hear the let's injuries, hear the checklist. Shit, I don't know. Um, well, I'll tell you about one year in particular that was probably my worst year. That really kind of kind of wrecked me out for kind of the rest of my career. Really, just because of riding bulls and, and the muscles that you need, but. I was kicking ass. I came off a hot world finals in Vegas, uh, 2016, um, and wanted to, to go for like a world title the next year. And I really thought that, you know, you get to that highest level and you're riding against the best guys and the best bulls. There's a lot of different head games and mind games that come into play. You know, you don't have the confidence that you're as good as those guys and you know how it all works. But, um, I'd come off two pretty hot seasons where I finished, uh, top 15, top 10 at the finish, highest finish for a Canadian ever, uh, in the PBR. And I was like, shit, you know, I think I may be able to actually pull this off, you know, win win myself a world title and wanted to go back and, and go back home. And, and like you've seen the events that we do at the house, I got the practice pen and the shoots and whatnot there. So, uh, all winter I was just practicing hard, just getting ready to go. And, hey, um, that, okay. That's another question. How do you practice? Yeah, you just, you know, like I have, so we raise bucking bulls, fine four bucking bulls that you've seen, um, and synonymous actually across the world now, some really great bucking bulls, me and my dad and Rusty Clooney, um, been raising and breeding bulls for a long time now, and it's starting to, starting to come great, so we have lots of those bulls. You breed so. them, or, or uh, <laughs> like personally, or... Uh how does that work? Uh, uh, how does this work? Uh, no, uh, all the uh, it, actually, it's kind of like uh, like racehorses. So you can you can um, track their bloodlines, you know, generations and generations. Where you'd think that it's just you jump on your granddaddy's bucking bull and you rode a bull, you know. But these things are literally like racehorses. They've been bred for years and years and years, and you know what works and what doesn't work, and it turns them into some of the. Are best those the ones the they use in, at the St. Louis Rodeo? Yeah, <laughs> right. No, probably not. <laughs> how do they? How do they name the bulls? How do they come up with all the names? 
Uh, just random. I mean, I, I like we name our our bulls. Uh, we got a really good bull right now that goes by the name of Drop Bear, and I was in Australia for an event and we spent the week over there. And the locals were playing a trick on us, telling us that uh, there was these bad koalas that were called drop bears, and and when you're walking through the bush, they'll fucking drop on your head and attack you. Okay, and one one request. If you get a really badass bull, can you name it the Métis Missile? Yeah, right. Yeah. The Métis Missile and brand it number 36. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's pretty good. That's Joey's Twitter handle, the Métis Missile. <laughs> so uh, out of all those bulls, and then for scoring in bulls, there's – like there's the nasty ones that are hard to ride that are going to be almost impossible to ride and you how do you want that one or do you want one like in the middle because you don't want one that's too easy right because then your score won't be good but then you don't want one that's impossible because you're like man i'll never ride this thing so where do you fall or do you actually want the hardest one that's that no one's riding yeah when you're or do you want like the best one in the final if you make it through the yeah you want the baddest cat in the pen man you're riding bulls you're your head, your mindset is that you're the baddest cat in the world. You know, you run him in. I don't give a damn what this thing does, what he throws at me, who he's bucked off. Like I said, very egotistical guys at all times, right? Gotta so be. if you're trying to take business into the game and, and trying to really think it through, you probably shouldn't be riding both, you know? So there's definitely times in my career where I've – so at on the top level – uh, depending on your ranking throughout the event, the final round, the short round, it was a pick your poison short round. So if so, it's like two head, and then you go to the short round. So you've seen in PA how we had the one round, the winner of the event rode last, the winner of the long round rode last mm-hmm. in the short round. So down there, you pick your bull in the short round. So if you're winning the event going into the final 15 round, that short round, you got to pick which bull you wanted. So there's your 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 mindset. Then you get to see the different mindsets of what the different guys might have. Oh, yeah. Where a guy might pick one that he knows he can ride, but if somebody else rides a different one that you get a higher score on, but you don't think maybe that you could ride him, he's going to beat you. You know what I mean? So you see the you see the different mindsets of the different guys when it comes to that pick your poison round. Do you, so do you uh, talk shit in the room? Like, oh, I'm going to do this and then do something else? Like, try to suck guys know, out? Not really, like, because it, <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter once you tie your hand to that <laughs> the, sucker. The, 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 bulls are, the bulls are the shit talkers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's the coolest part uh, about I'll, us. I'll straighten this motherfucker out. Yeah. Like, bull riding side of it, that's the thing. You can you can talk shit and pretend you're going to take one and, and then take something that you think is, like, an easier one and that thing just irons you out and fucking knocks that guy out cold and really humbles you pretty quick. Uh, so the guys in the locker room, we're not a team. We're supposedly riding against each other, but in reality of it, that is your team, man. Does that those? That's your boys, man. You travel with them, you live with them. Uh, you're all riding, and at the end of the day, if everybody stays on, which never happens, but if it did, just whoever had the best bull is gonna win. You know, so um it's not about beating that guy that's sitting next to you in the locker room. It's about beating those bulls that you're getting on and conquering those bulls that you're getting on and whoever rides the best ones so, are going to win. So, well, probably not like golf, but like golf, you're not trying to beat everybody else. You're trying to beat the course kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. You're, you're just competing and trying to do the best you can and all player you can golf, do is do the golf. best you can. <laughs> player golf, player golf. Yeah, right? So, that like, yeah, and those are your buddies. Like I said, those are your guys. Those are your, 
that that you know exactly what that other guy is going through, right? So you're cheering for them just as much as you're cheering for yourself, because in reality, ever that guy goes before you and makes a badass bull ride, you just got to do the exact same, you know, make a badass bull ride yourself. So you'll see those guys, they'll ride, uh, and then they'll you know go out of the arena. And if you watch them and the cameras follow them, they'll go right back behind the buck and shoots, and they'll be cheering on and trying to help that next guy. Um, make a make a great ride where in reality if he does ride he's going to beat you but I mean that's just that's the nature of the sport you're not riding against each other those, those are your boys you know? but it but is there some guys you don't and without saying names because you don't want to throw anyone on the bus is there some guys that you're like and he, that guy is cocky you're like I hope this I hope this asshole doesn't ride there's got to be some points yeah like there, that. Like there's guys you know what I mean like in the just like anything else, there's there's guys that uh, there's cliques, you know. There's different groups that all hang out together and whatnot. So um, you know, there might be somebody that does something <laughs> stupid the night before that you're like, "Fuck that guy, man! I don't give a shit how he does today," <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But not really, you know. Really, all the all the guys are. Uh, it's a, like I say, it's a different different game, different mindset, different sport that a lot of the guys. Uh, get into but yeah there, there's there's people that don't get along those fights in the locker rooms and just like hockey i mean shit you know you you're a team uh but that guy might have just been traded and you might have had to fight him the day before or, you know like it, it's just like anything else you have a locker room of of egotistical testosterone filled fucking men you're gonna have issues that go on so money fame personal love is there any uh rock and roll pbr brother? groupies what? <laughs> Never. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, you know. There's there's definitely the the followers of the of the group and uh, the clans that that cruise around. But I mean, that's because ladies love a bad boy. I heard <laughs> ladies love a bad boy, and there's the you know. I thought I was tough, but watching you guys and doing what you do, like that's ridiculous. So we could say some of the toughest guys out there are from Zone Eight, right? <laughs> hey, speaking up. So uh, the Brazilians too are. Is there areas of the world that are, are hot, like uh, some of the best bull riders? Like Sask has got uh, some great bull riders, and then Brazil. And what are the areas? Yeah. So there's five countries that are part of the PBR um, that have like their own associations in those countries. So there's Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Australia, and the U.S. So um, like the event up here was a PBR Canada sanctioned event, but it still counts towards the world standings, but you're still riding for a PBR Canadian championship. So you're riding for your national championship that then still uh, has influence on the world title or making the world finals race too. So um, uh, the U.S., I think, um, due to population, has probably – um the best numbers um but in the last like 10 years brazil has just totally taken over um there's the there's guys that that come over there you can watch the the series on netflix uh i can't remember what it's called but um fearless i think is what it's called yes, and it's, it's it. follows yeah. the follows the brazilian riders and i rode with those guys for five six years and and some of my good friends but just that language barrier 
I never really got to know who they were or where they came from or, or their backstory. And then I'm fucking watched it on Netflix. I'm like, oh my God. That guy had to go through that. Like, but, but you then you the realize they can speak perfect English. It's like they just didn't want to talk to me. That's like, that's like that's like some of the Russians and the Czechs we played with. You try to talk to them, they just say they don't know English. But then you realize that at a bar they know perfect English to all the to all the English broads. Yeah, and 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 come from like those guys came from. There's one guy, uh, Robson Palermo was born in the jungle man like no society no people around him came to the u.s and was an unreal bull rider won the world finals three times um goes gonna go down in history as one of the best bull riders there ever was and just their their backstories where they come from and and the poverty and and what they've lived in um which i think you know is giving them so much more success over here because they're living the american dream they're they're going to america and making you know, millions of dollars. Yeah, that extra drive. Like, yeah, you've, bro. you've when come you from nothing, nothing else, is nothing. Yeah. You know, keep we'll going. We'll be at the bar the day before. <laughs> yeah, keep going time, forward because looking back, there's nothing for you. So exactly, man. That's yeah. what that's what motivates a lot of people in this world. It's like just keep moving forward because if I turn around and look back, yeah. that ain't so sweet. <laughs> and they go back and they're winning U.S. dollar. They go back to Brazil and you know that's three times the amount back in Brazil. And uh, those guys will go home and there's you know like. You'll go over there and, and there's uh, soccer players are famous and bull riders are famous. Glare May Marchi won the world title, one of the baddest bull riders in the world. Um, he's, yeah, they're like, they're gods over there, man. They're, it's, it's, it's super cool to see those guys. And like I said, I was a Canadian guy. Is he 6'4 like you? No, he's he's, not, he's a stout sucker though. I wouldn't want to fight him. I tell you, a couple that. inches taller and yeah, be a square. He's he's bigger guy. He's probably like five ten, five eleven, but he's stout man and, and yeah, stocky. Yeah, um, but yeah, like just to, just to to see those guys and me coming across the border as a Canadian um, and those guys coming from Brazil, we kind of had a bond even though we couldn't talk to each other because we weren't Americans and it's and it's a very american ran sport you know it's the american dream you think the bulls ever ever talking in the pen fuck i got 10 or burned tonight probably because <laughs> bigger and weighed more than most of those little guys <laughs> hey so your height too that uh not only a disadvantage for riding a bull for scoring too because it, it looks different coming from a six four guy as opposed to that small guy and for bull riding i don't but oh, well, we don't know but we say well you never hear them complaining about a score but is there times when you're scoring you're like Come on, man. Oh, yeah, man. It's a, it's kind of like when you watch the Olympics and you're like, oh, what the fuck did Judge Ford mark him that for? You know, what's what's he up to? You know, and, and that's the name of the game. It's all a it's all a judge sport, so it's an opinionated sport. So you have four judges out there um, with their own opinion when you think you might have just made the baddest ride in, in the world and you're like a low score that somebody else beats you on. You're like, oh, man, what the hell, right? So... Uh, me as a tall guy, though, I um, I don't look as flashy on on bucking bulls as as a, as a shorter guy would. It's all center of gravity and it's all balance. So, like we talked before with that pound for pound stuff, uh, me I have a I have a, a larger center of gravity than a guy that's five foot two or five foot four, right? So same as that gymnast stuff comes back into play. So I have to control my body 
a lot more than a than a smaller guy can. If I get half an inch out of position, I'm bucked off. A little guy gets half an inch out of position, he can whip back around there and, and get his center of gravity back to the middle. So um, I don't look – you can watch the videos. I don't look as um, flashy or as good on bulls. I'll ride the same bulls as, as those guys will, but uh, they were always going to be a few points higher, right? So my objective all the time going into the game was – was to just beat them in the average, just ride more bulls than anybody else. They might look flashier on bulls and, and win more in that exact instant, but I could ride more than them and, and, and beat them in the average. Have you ever wanted to pick a bull that was super short so you could put your heels on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would, that would definitely go against everything that, that you would want to happen. It would be like putting your feet down on a dirt bike when you're going 100K. Just dig up. We're done. <laughs> okay, let's go through some of uh, your best rides. Uh, uh, Percolator, 89.25 in Charlotte. Was that one of the greatest rides you had? Uh, yeah, I think so. That was, and that's the thing. So you, we were talking about bulls that are, um, that are um, you know, you get good scores on, but they don't have the same difficulty as, like a, as a hard bull to ride. So Percolator was one that everybody wanted to get on because he was really flashy, really showy. Um, you're going to get an 89 or a 90 and you're going to get the same thing. You get a 90 if you ride airtime, but airtime is a lot harder to ride. He has way more level of difficulty. You know what I'm saying? So he's got way more rare, way more kick. You have to do things totally different on a bull like airtime than you would on a bull like percolator, but you might still get the same score if you ride them. So that's where that, this that is aspect gr- comes into play. This is great that people wouldn't know that. Like, uh, the, the science of you watching all these bulls, it's not just its not just by random that these oh, guys no. do this. You, you are an absolute, I've talked to Rusty about this, the, the, the film you watch, and that it's a study of knowing what each bull does, hey? Oh, yeah, and uh, going back, I think, just knowing the game, and, and like I said, always being in the sport, I've, I've, all I've ever watched is bucking bulls my whole life, so you can see the different traits that they have, uh, the different difficulties that they have whether they kick a little bit harder, they rear a little bit more. Um, every, every single, you know, millimeter difference of how a bull bucks is going to change how you have to ride that animal. So there's a lot of guys that say, oh, I, I don't even give a shit what I'm getting on. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to ride them jump for jump. Well, me, I, I always like to watch videos because they are wild animals. They might do something different every time. But I'd like, I like to know their tendencies. So if I'm getting on a bull that I know always really starts and spins to the left, but at the end of the, you know, at the end of the day, he might come back to the right at the end. Like he's got that tendency to always switch it up. There's some bulls that'll just start digging a hole and will not stop bucking the exact same way that they buck from the first jump. But there's bulls that buck have a different pattern every time that they buck, right? So I like to know their tendencies, like to know the different attributes that they have, just so it's in the back of my mind. When you tie onto them and you nod your head, you're just reacting to the situation. But I think that 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 mindset or that game it's just like a hockey player you know you, you know their tendencies right so they might have uh you know a guy that that breaks hard down the side or you know they might cut back like you know their their little tricks that they might have is there ever a bowl where for. you were almost like a step ahead of him you knew what you're gonna do what he was gonna do and you just kind of in that zone like everything you did you were ready for it yeah lots yeah yeah, yeah lots just, of the time that's the deal and that's why i and I got flacked too lots of times for watching too much video or trying to overthink it beforehand. But I, you know, that I would get on bulls that I knew exactly what they were going to do and just eat them up. You know, it's like game on, game is done before I even got on yet, right? And let's go the other way. That is there one that threw you for a surprise? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. What, what's the it's one? Like, we oh, did, we just watched a video. I got him. He's done. He's and done. He and he absolutely just, threw you for a flip. Oh, yeah. oh, that guy's a lefty. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Joey getting punched right away. Ooh, I never knew Jim McKenzie was going to throw that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely works works both ways. Same as, I don't know, you know, same as football. Or you you, you uh, watch the other team, you watch their game plans, and then they throw something totally different at you and make you look like an idiot. But in that one, you said you weren't even quite ready in the shoot, hey? Like, you, you came out. It's a What bowl was that that we watched where you did uh, the- that was on a bowl called Buck Owens. That oh, was yeah. That year because of that <laughs> that style oh, of riding, it's a great but, it's a great one because uh, he immediately throws you and you do a, a flip it looks like you're gonna land on your head yeah. and who would say oh i'm glad i got gorged in the leg by his horn <laughs> to maybe stop you from landing on your head well it's it's uh, that's the that's the name of the game right there's there's like i've said there's times when you'll you you pull that rope and you slide up on your slide up on your rope where you're ready to nod your head and tell him to open the gate where it just happens in an instance you're not even thinking about it you have all the confidence in the world there's nothing that could buck you off and you just let's go then there's times when you slide up there and you're getting ready to nod and you're messing around in the shoots you've seen at the event like oh, you'll man. see guys taking a long time or you see guys just just tell them to open the gate and go so it's 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 a head game a lot of the times and it's a lot of how that bull's positioned because if in reality of it if you're uh, half an inch out, you're you're done. You know. Have what I you mean? been hurt so, in the shoot? Because yeah. I've I've st- I've yeah. stood on top of the shoots, and that isn't a friendly place to be. No, it's you get squished yeah. in there, man. Yeah, there, there's no giving the in the steel. Right? Have you got so, Have you got injured in the shoot? Then just went out. Yeah, I broke my ankle one time in the shoots and just went for it. <laughs> got that was we were talking about that. We missed it, but it was my injury year. We we went past it, but that was the the bad one. Was I? Uh, well, first I was practicing at home, and I broke my. Uh, Shoulder blade. I got on a, just a nice one that I was supposed to stay on easily. And uh, threw me off, landed on my chest, and he just stepped, both feet just stepped right on my back. And I felt it break, and I broke my collarbone before, and I was like, oh, fuck, I broke my collarbone. It was right before New York, for Madison Square Garden. I was supposed to be there in three days. Oh, and, uh, that sucks. Just, just crunched me in. I got up, and my daddy, like, always panics in those situations. You know, and he's been in every situation, but his boys are his boys, right? So... <laughs> He's yeah. like, he, he's like, he's like, nah, that was bad. Eh? I'm like, no, it's, let me get my air. Let me get my air. And yeah, I went and got x-rays, broke my collarbone. Happens to somebody else. He's probably like, suck it up. Suck it up and and she's like, right. Jesus Christ. Oh, my boy, my boy. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. So broke my collarbone and broke my shoulder blade. And I uh, went to the docks and was trying to get it lined out. And you only see like broken shoulder blades and car accidents and shit, right? They're just like, what were you doing? I was like, fucking riding bulls. Sorry. It doesn't make sense to you. I know. Let me be. So I took um, took eight weeks off for that, and uh, came back. And I shouldn't have come back, but I was wanting to wanting to get it out. And that was the same year that Ty Osborne, my best friend, had uh, committed suicide. It was right as that happened. Right, it, it was. I broke my collarbone and my shoulder blade. And it was like three days later. We he you know his parents call whatever. And um, so then we had to go. You know, it was just a crazy year, crazy time. Just you know, unthinkable shit happening. Uh, and so we roll into mid, uh, what would it have been like mid May when I came back, Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, get on a bull and throws me off and I felt something kind of tweaking my groin, but I was like, Oh, I think it'll be all right. And went to drove up to St. Louis. Actually, that's why it was such a big comeback when I won St. Louis the following year. But, um, I got on a bull and rode him and just had a bad get off, just got off in the wrong position. And, uh, he stepped on my, stepped on my left foot. And then run a horn up underneath my right knee and just threw me. But I was planted because his front foot was still on my left leg. So when it threw the other side of me, it just totally split me. Just 
like split me in half, like filthy. And uh, I felt everything just, you know, pop and go. And uh, docs, you know, everything obviously just started swelling up and getting really bad and flew back home. And we have our, our doc, Doc Tandy Freeman down there. Uh, went and got MRIs and stuff out of Calgary and, and with our sports medicine team up here and uh, just, like, no idea what was happening. Every All my gracilis, adductor, abductor, whatever the hell those things are in there, there's a bunch of them in there, and they were all completely off the bone. Like, there was nothing attached anymore. So they were trying to figure out the best. As a bull rider, you need your groin muscles, right? So they were trying to figure out the best way to, to go about that. Uh, I talked to Doc Tandy, and he's like, uh, go see one of your hockey doctors up there. They might deal with this stuff with goalies uh, and shit. And I was like, okay. And got a hold of our sports medicine team, and uh, I actually ended up seeing the Flames doctor at the time. I can't remember what his name was, uh, but flew out to Calgary. And the only reason I really got to see him <laughs> was because they were doing, like, a, a uh, seminar. He was teaching a class on hips, on, like, bad hips. And in my MRI, it showed that I have – uh, hips like the the ball doesn't fit in the joint type of thing, and they think that's why it was like weakened. So they were doing a they're, they're shaped like arrowheads. Yeah, they're brutal. Yeah, yeah, I have those. Yeah, same thing, right? Yeah. So they figured that that weakened all my other shit in there, and that's why everything tore so bad. So I'm laying on this bed, and I'm like trying to get help from this doctor to see how my career is gonna go. And he's teaching the class to like 30 people, and I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck am I doing here? Man? Are you gonna tell me if I can? What am I supposed to do? Like, I'm trying to get healed up. Do I get surgery or what? And he was like, straight up, he's like, just um, let it heal. the The risk reward for the surgery that we do on groins is not not there. Just try to let that stuff heal, see how it goes. And I, you know, just totally shooting from the hip, not even sure if I was ever gonna feel good again. And a couple months later, started feeling better, and I was like, "Shit, let's let's buck these suckers again. Let's see if I can stay on." So when you get injured like that, when you come back, you know how when you get back in the shoot, you're ready. You know your adrenaline's, but in the back of your head, you're like, "Oh man, I, like I'm, I don't want to hurt this again. Come on." Yeah, and, and and that's not the pain or the injury that 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 takes a toll on your mind. It's that sitting out and not making money and not making a living and you know just being injured it sucks. You know how it is with hockey same thing like it's it's not the pain that that pisses you off it's the time off it's the you know trying to get yourself back in shape and getting back it's not being able to, to compete exactly yeah, you're not he's, being able yeah. to do what you know Sit how to on do. the sidelines when all your buddies are yeah. are doing all this stuff and then and, watching uh, them on tv time goes by when you could be yeah. competing making money doing all that stuff yeah, that's yeah. that's what that's what tolls on you right so you're like oh i want to make sure i'm okay or you know you, and that's kind of you know the fuck with your head too and you're like out of shape a little bit on a bull when normally you'd try to dive back over there and do what it takes to get up at the middle you'll see guys that come back from injury they might you know take a take the easy way out type of thing and and you know it, there's always those mindsets in different games and it takes a while to get yourself back in the zone and get back in the game but then i come back from that one and i was like had that new drive and and at that time with with losing ty uh, uh it was i had like a hate on for the sport and life and you know everything right yeah. he's your best friend you're like fucking i hate this shit so then i you know finally got my my head back on the game right and we started the type osborne foundation to take care of um western lifestyle athletes inside and outside the arena we got sports medicine and proper health care at all events and uh did really 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 big things for the sport of of bull riding for the western lifestyle for everything involved with it uh and so i was like all right time to time to go back and show them what i'm made of you know and 
Nashville was my first one back. And that was when I got banged around in the bucket sheets and I felt so pop my oh. leg. But I was like, no, I think it's all right. Just, you know, maybe sprained an ankle or something and nodded and got off. And while I was riding, somehow ended up breaking a bone in my wrist, too. So I got back to sports medicine and they're like, yeah, you broke your wrist and broke your ankle. I was like, fuck, this is a tough year. <laughs> so, okay, so let's go to that where you, because you ride, you ride more than once in a night. Is there a time when you injured yourself in the first one and then you're like, oh, I'm hurting right now and I'm going back out? Yeah, most times. Yeah, <laughs> there's no safe ones. Uh, I think my bat, my like I was talking about my back earlier. I think that was from uh, I was in an event in Oklahoma City one time, and uh, I was on the cut line, so I was gonna get cut from like the main tour, and I knew I had to stay on. And we call it the day money drag. You're just underneath and just in no control, but you're just holding on to try to get that whistle. And both slam me up against the buck and shoots, like. I was off, you know, tilted off to the side and just slammed me right into the to the chutes and the steel that has no give at first. And it just, like, crunched me, folded me. And I it stunned me for a minute. And when I got up, I felt, you know, like the hot stinging down my back and went to sports med. And uh, they were like, yeah, I don't know, probably something's not right. But I, if I didn't get on that next round, I was going to get cut from the tour. So I was like, okay. Oh, I got man. on and... Uh, and actually made one of my better rides. You know, that's the worst part. Then you have confidence. You're like, oh, shit, I can do this with anything. Made one of my better rides and, and ended up winning third or something at the event and, and kept me on tour for the whole year and uh, worked out. But I went to bed that night. I woke up the next morning and literally couldn't get out of bed. My wife was with me and the kids and fucking could not move, couldn't get out of bed like something's wrong, right? So I just laid there for a couple of days and kind of started to come around. But now anytime I... So I probably like compressed vertebrae or some shit in there at the time, but just so that's one aspect too. Like, is there anything that your immediate family, like people that love you, is there anything they can say to make you stop or you keep going? Is it's only your decision? Is like so my family, like I said, they grew up in it, right? And we were all a part of it. So my dad and all them—that's all he's ever known. So it was just you know, there's always just a way out of it, right? So but it's wife. never wife how does your wife like, feel like about my, watching you kids man kids changed kids changed me oh yeah hugely because as soon as i had them it was like uh-oh you know i'm not i'm not invincible anymore this isn't about me if i yeah. get hurt it it messes them messes their life up right and that's the last thing that i would ever want and literally um near the end of my career uh, one of my best friends, Mason Lowe, we were watching Ride Pass. Uh, so it's like a digital streaming uh, internet thing that you can watch all the all the events on. And we were watching Ride Pass in Denver, Colorado. And he gets his, one of my buddies, Mason Lowe, gets his gut stepped on. And uh, sitting there with the family. And uh, I was supposed to go to that event and didn't go to it. And... Um, it was about an hour later, and they were talking in, in the arena, but you don't get to see it all right. It cuts away and shit, and they're talking, this boy needs some prayers right now. I'm like, oh, okay. And about an hour later, I get a call from a couple of buddies, and um, he's in bad shape, and uh, he passed away. He died. And we were sitting there watching it, and I was supposed to fly. I was supposed to be there, and then I was supposed to fly to Phoenix, and one of my best friends, right? So um, just once again, the mental toll and all that shit that goes on, it was just unthinkable and i was sitting there with my kids and my wife and thinking like this could be them watching me on fucking the internet and huh. doesn't come home you know what i mean so uh, it's just yeah it's it's a different game and I, I you know it can happen anywhere and uh mason died doing what he loved he that was what he lived and breathed and was one of the best bull riders in the whole world 
Um, so if you're going to go out, I guess that's you're going to go out anyway. And, um, you know, uh, he's going to go down in history as one of the best guys there ever has been and a ton of respect. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's a different game, different mindset, different lifestyle. And for me, I just, I just uh, yeah, I just didn't want to do that to my family. The last bull I ever got on knocked me out cold. I was in Moncton, New Brunswick. <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's uh, right went to sleep and come home and i was supposed to ride in pa the touring pros is our yeah. summer break so it's right there and then i was you know just kept pushing it off pushing it off and then that's when i sat down and i was like if i keep getting knocked out or keep getting hurt like this i'm not going to be able to bullfight like i want to do it i'm not going to be 100 percent. i'm not going to be uh, as athletic as i want to be and i'm not going to be able to do it the best way that i can so um it just kind of came to the point where it was if i'm if i don't switch if i don't start bullfighting now i'll never i'll never do it i'll never uh have that chapter in my life and uh, you so know, riding the bulls was always just a always just a chapter until you got to bullfighting you always knew you wanted to do that yeah i always yeah. knew i was gonna bullfight yeah, i was always gonna follow in in the family footsteps and then everybody in the sport knew that too right but when you're winning you're good, of thousands man, it's hard to of stop. dollars and you're sponsored and you got all the big dogs following and you know it's it's hard to make the switch so uh yeah it was a big step man it was a big you know financially too big big change right you're, what's the biggest purse that uh you took if we don't mind <laughs> so, riding? yeah um well i won um in, in one instant i won 110k at the world finals i won third at the finals that's nice yeah uh, and that year um yeah i don't know yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, crazy yeah, like yeah. the events that i won were like 30 feet went 35 40,000, right so you know it's not millions like you're making in the nhl at the top level or any other sport like that but for a guy that's riding bulls and you're making you know 450 500k us a year you're you know you're good with it fuck it <laughs> yeah. hey, starting at the red river ride and open for 50 bucks or you this, know st louis rodeo or this covid keeps going you know? i might be getting on bulls uh, here right away yeah. not by choice jeez yeah. man. But that's that's few and far between right yeah. i was at the top level right so like it, it, you know you ride in canada or, or something like that you know like your big purses are calgary you went a hundred thousand at calgary that's and, years of working at it and, yeah, and all the money you life lifetime of working to yeah. have one good day Lo- you know, yeah one, losing money to, good to travel somewhere to get a hotel and yeah sure, people sure. Just, when i was flying to all those events it's all your own you're you're paying for everything nobody's paying for your flights you have sponsors and stuff that kind of that kind of x out those expenses but i mean i'm 1200 1300 bucks every weekend just in flights we pay for our own hotel rooms pay for our own meals independent contractors so uh whatever you win uh at that event is what you make but you're yeah you're deep in every time that you show up to even at the highest level of events at the beginning do you remember like the original grind of like okay now maybe the money isn't there so you're staying at like the shadiest hotel (laughs) (laughs) i love the the beginning days (laughs) oh god yeah we were in uh we were in uh jackson mississippi and i i just started dating uh megan uh and we were in maui and staying at like i don't know you know like very very nice place in maui right you're <laughs> high rolling and then i'm like oh back on my own dime again oh, i'm gonna roll into jackson mississippi here and we stayed at this motel six bulletproof glass when you check in <laughs> yeah. we were on this sucker me and a guy by the name of tyler pankowitz and uh, we we roll in there and and it's greasy, man. I don't even think they changed the sheets. And we pull the he pulls the bed back and there was a 
There was a needle and diaper cream oh. behind the bed. And like, fucking. <laughs> you know, but it's, you know, it's the same. You guys know it. It's just oh. life on the road. You just you just do what you can to get by and hopefully try to get to the top level one day. Is there any uh, great road story that sticks out in your head? Any uh, pranks or guys messing around? Tons, man. I know. <laughs> I, I get this one all the time, and it's hard to, like, pinpoint uh, pinpoint pinpoint to uh, like one exact situation one you guys would like and it goes back to like the the top the top tour of uh the the sport of the first event that i ever won uh on the unleash the beast tour and it was 13 years since a canadian or 14 years it was a long time since a canadian had won an event and uh that was right when josh manson got uh called up with with the ducks and he was like becoming a mainstay so he was like a year in i think and so we're at the Honda Center, and they had me doing PR all week and uh, doing a bunch of cool shit. We were at the the Playboy show and all different, you know, just all over L.A. doing cool shit. And, the Playboy uh, Mansion? No, it or? was like the Playboy TV. I don't know. Oh, it was. Okay. They all had to wear clothes, though, because we were the uh, PB, like an athletic event. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so anyways, so uh, they tell me that uh, David Lee Roth is coming <laughs> to the event. And, he, and I'm doing the PR, so it's my job to show him around. So I'm like, okay, do some searching on David Lee Roth. All right, lead singer of Van Halen. Here we go. <laughs> and uh, and I've, I've, you know, from what I searched, they're like, yeah, he's, he's a wild ass, you know, and everybody was talking like he's fucking crazy. And um, so the, the like, the, the PBR people, they have me, and we're, we're getting ready to do our interviews. And uh, I look outside, and here he comes. And he, he was doing some TV show. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Um, but he... He had bib overalls on, and he's just rolling out there. He's just going back and forth, just going fast, just freaking putting on a show for these TV cameras, and I'm waiting for him to come to the doors so I can introduce myself. And he comes in the doors, and I go to, like, stick my hand out, and he goes, Van Halen isn't a band. Van Halen isn't a song. When you strap onto that bull, and you feel that power between your legs, and you nod your head... That's fucking Van Halen. <laughs> I was like, "Hi, I'm Tanner Vern." <laughs> that is, that's fucking pure gold. And what minute of the podcast is that, man? Because I want to remember that line forever. Holy nuts, shit! I was like, "Holy shit, man! This got crazy." But yeah, I was like, <laughs> and then, you know, just shit like that. Like that was the best part about being on tour and just living that life was just the different people that you get to meet and places that you get to go and you well, know because people are en enamored with you guys because yeah because you're the one sport where everyone's like i can't do that i can't do that like any other thing people are like i'd like to do that or i could do it's the one sport we're like fuck man not a chance yeah it also hinders there's it. no there's no bull riders men's league <laughs> <laughs> there's a senior league looks pretty good <laughs> are you guys still uh coming out to wreck bull riding monday night who's bringing the beers <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. So you've good. been around the world. What are some of the greatest uh, spots? Did, did you you got back to play in Madison Square Garden, right? Yeah, I went. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I did really well. And uh, the garden was unreal. Shit, it was cool. Hey, one time you guys are like this. Did you uh, get knocked out there like I did? Uh, no, stayed no, awake. Yeah, another. There's only a guy did better than I did. 
Hey. Uh, so you got knocked out there. You did good, and I lost five hundred dollars at a scalper giving fake tickets at Madison <laughs> Square. So that we all have different experiences at Madison Square. Okay, sorry. Go on, Tatter. Uh, yeah. So so MSG, obviously, you know, world's most famous arena, super cool. Um, Cowboy Stadium, Arlington was, you know, unreal. Just how big it is. You know, you look up and there's like Ford trucks and shit all on top on the like the rooftop area, and they look like Tonka trucks and they're full size. It's just crazy where the Cowboys play. Um, I always liked the Honda Center. I love California. I kicked ass in California. I don't know if it was just the mindset of and the you good did the weather. Houston Rodeo, one of my favorite places. Yeah, I lived there for sir, a long time. Yeah. yeah, that's a Houston. That's a big show. Unreal. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's that's the thing. Like you, as a kid, you know, riding say you know at the Red River, wherever the hell you were riding, you know, <laughs> it was like mind blowing to to think that. You know, you're going to go to the same as hockey. You know what I mean? You're playing the St. fucking Kinsman. You're yeah. playing in the Stewart, and all of a sudden you're starting at the Madison Square Garden. You know what I mean? It's Fire just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not get crazy about that starting. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's just, uh, it was, yeah, just a bunch of different places. Australia is unreal. Got to go there a bunch of times now. Other than the plane ride, it's uh, such a fun place. You know, the people are so cool. Um, yeah, and just, you know, all across Canada, um, yeah, like every, every major stop, um, you know, across North America. Stampede, what's that like? Is there a... It's cool, yeah, very, very cool, yeah. It's, uh, just the, like the prestige that comes with it as a Canadian, riding yeah. at the Calgary Stampede, everybody knows the Calgary Stampede, you know, it's, as a, I could, I've always said this, but I was like, I wasn't on the pro tour yet, but I was like riding across is Canada. Is it as big to people from other countries as it, as it is to us in Canada? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like yeah it's, it's big. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. It's like it's Houston. A, it's like a, it's like a, a big rodeo that everybody knows about. Yeah. You know, San Antonio, um, there's, there's some of those big rodeos that, um, everybody knows about you know and Calgary, it's one of the big stops one of oh the big yeah stops, it's yeah. huge yeah yeah and it like it, it counts it never counted towards like the pbr or, or other things it's just kind of like a big open jackpot but it's unreal you know it's it's the prestige behind it the the fans the money um it's yeah it's it's cool it's unreal and then to you know do good and uh like we said like i was saying you always said uh when you're when i was Going on the Canadian tour, I could win win Canada twenty times if I get bucked off four days in a row at Calgary. Everybody's gonna think I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> you know, that's the only thing that the, everybody watches. Everyone, you know? yeah. Same as like the PA bow ride, right? I could win the world five times <laughs> over, but nobody at that point, you know, was like watching the standings or anything like that. I get bucked off. PS guy, oh, fucking he sucks. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just your your audience and and what people know and how they how they adapt to it. Okay, before we wrap up, there's a few videos I want to get. Like we, uh, well, we don't need to watch them because we did watch them uh, already. So the, the they're listeners. We got listeners, not people watching. Uh, go through the, the if, if there's a, a couple of videos that people should watch. They should watch uh, the Ottawa wreck because a nightmare has got to be when your hand when you can't get your hand out. Go through like the, they stop the video, man. It goes so long that it, that looks so bad. Yeah, there's there and uh, Borine's kind of like. NASCAR in a lot of ways where people come, um, you don't want to see a wreck, but you don't want to miss the wreck. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's the, that's the uh, intrigues everybody behind it. You know, you don't want to see somebody get hurt, but you don't want to miss, 
something crazy happen you know so uh rex is what's helped us you know kind of get to that next level of of a fan base and people watching it and um ottawa same thing uh, when i was younger um i rode with an american style bull rope so it pulls different than a brazilian style bull rope so uh when you come off the wrong side that's when you see like the guys that are stuck in there and they're hung up that's with those ropes um and for me when i was younger i would i'd either stay on and win or i'd be in a wreck like you'll see that one in in ottawa on youtube it was just all in or, or i was losing you know and uh once you get stuck in there and and, and your hands in there you just kind of try to get to your feet try to get that weight off your off your arms so that the bullfighters can can pop that loose and really for a bullfighter it's like trying to untie a knot you know so it's at high speed at <laughs> adrenaline running with a 2000 pound yeah. ball yeah so yeah you'll see lots of those ones of of those hang-ups that that don't go bad that one was really bad in ottawa i, I hung up around the the shark cage like went around the whole arena and, and came back towards the bucking suits and the guy that was running the camera ended up trying to get in there and help there was like 30 dudes in there trying to just do what it do what they could to keep me alive and when i got up i had no shaps no uh pants the only thing i had left on was my groin shorts and whatever that building is where the senators play a huge building freaking pack crowd i'm just out there in my groin shorts and then the craziest thing after that i was like oh my god how about your injuries and you rode again that night yeah yeah so like, <laughs> i was like you know worried like oh, i'm okay and, you know you kind of do the old checklist of okay everything's okay you know nothing's broken my shoulder was killed i thought i was i thought that thing was gone and i never had shoulder injuries and you don't want shoulder injuries as a bull rider but i thought maybe there was going to be something going on there but I fucking did the old oh yeah arm stretch we're good to go <laughs> the old windmill with an army on, did but, <laughs> but there was a there was a so if there's not enough rides in the long round, so I didn't even make the whistle on that one, but if there's not enough rides, they go on time. So whoever rides the longest then will fill those final spots for the short round. And I rode that bull right to the whistle, so I got in at like ninth or 10th, so I had a terrible pick on top of it too, so I should have just went home and fucking <laughs> gave up for the day, but that mentality was like, yeah, I'll show these. Well, your suckers. hand was on that bull for about eight minutes. <laughs> That's <laughs> the yeah, longest yeah. ride I've ever seen. Yeah, definitely. But oh. yeah, yeah, it's just one of them deals where if you're, you're healthy, you can... You can walk and talk and feel like you can do it. You better go and do it. And that's just the different guys in the sport. Yeah. So for listeners, if they want to go watch, watch the, good, the great rides, you get Percolator, Bad Beagle, Roll of the Dice, uh, Living Large, Cracker Jack, Doc Mosley. Uh, but the other one besides Ottawa that people should really check, and this will we'll transfer over into this and then we can wrap up pretty soon, is the bullfighting aspect is when you get uh, bucked off from Muddy. And this is this video is unbelievable. So... His brother Jesse gets in there and gets absolutely launched 20 feet in the air and lands it. It's nuts. So what was it like when you were a bull rider? Did you, it must feel a little bit more confident to know that you had Jesse as a bullfighter going in there. You had your yeah. brother on your back. Yeah, 100%. And, and the thing with, with Jesse is, is he's you know not just the best in Canada. He's the best in the world, you know, and one of the best that there's ever been. And to have him as a as as my brother you knew that he was going to do everything there was possible to take care of me and there was times when i'd be in wrecks and you know those normal feelings that you get when you're sliding off in the well or you're you're getting in a wreck where you're like oh i'm going to take one and normally you would and and when he was out there there was lots of times where you wouldn't you'd be surprised like oh how the hell did that thing not 
get me. You know, yeah, and you was, pop up. It looks like yeah, you're surprised. It's like, I was like, normally you get, you, 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 you're just racing for it. You know, you're going to get run the down. The best line made out there, hey? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're going, going yeah. to the corners. You got your, your, your yeah. brother, your older yeah. brother with you. He's going to take her. Yeah. And yeah, like that, that video that you were talking about on uh, Muddy Water, that was in, in Vegas. And, uh, same thing just i literally landed right underneath that bull's head so there's no way that you're not supposed to get run over or take a hook in or getting a wreck and uh somehow he slides his way in there like a cat and takes a hook in and, and then makes it you know look flashy lands oh, on his feet and walks away it's just unbelievable it's cool. yeah it's it's cool and just the whole aspect of me and of me and jesse getting to be on the top tour on that top level it's like making the nhl with your best friend and we got to travel together we got to room together we got to just live that whole you know wasn't a lifetime but it felt like a lifetime you know that was that was a very big part of our lives that we got to do together our professional careers we got to yeah do but that those together. memories are a lifetime that's what i mean yeah right? yeah you know and we got to have just have that confidence in each other and and you know being in random places and and with different people and we just always had that that uh connection of of brothers and and just doing the coolest shit at the highest level and then being able to do it together was unreal oh man no doubt this is great i might i might not like you later on down the road because my boy tanner that's you're my boy's hero so he's huge into bull riding so if my boy ever gets bagged up too bad i'll be like fucking tatter bird i wish i'd have never i wish my boy would have never saw that asshole <laughs> but yeah, uh, there's we, definitely lots of lots of bull riders that have have sons that, that they're not allowed to do anything with the sport <laughs> so we always do a couple wrap-up questions on uh tick with a side of tets and we'll give one more shout out to our sponsors player golf use tick and tets 20 for 20 percent off of there go get your canadian club whiskey because that goes good with bards after you get about 10 to 12 bards in you and you need a nightcap i'm gonna say it bards is the best all-day drinking beer there's no doubt about that and so we get to our last couple of questions we have one uh well, since you were chaps, it's called what chaps your ass. What uh, what pisses off Tanner Byrne? What's what annoys you? Oh man, I don't know. Lots of stuff. <laughs> you can set me off with just asking me the wrong question. <laughs> oh, so me? Know. Just no, me? You guys? No. <laughs> yeah, no. Randomly, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't. Um, well, it's hunting season, so dumb hunters. We'll go with that. That that chaps my ass. <laughs> dumb ass hunters. That's very sask right there. That's great. <laughs> okay, and then now the most importantly uh, question. This is the one that uh, people love the most. <laughs> so do you know what question is coming? That's, uh, have you ever shit your pants and sharts count? Because everyone's got a shit your pants story, and they're always very funny. Because it, it, yeah. it comes... <laughs> And you, you're a bull rider, so... Uh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so hungover days, there's always the, you know, the, oh, this one's not going to go good, boys. Growing shorts, you're going to have to get tossed. I got a really good shit your pants story, actually, for you guys. Oh, great. Um, so, <laughs> hope you got some time. Yep. But when I was, uh, when I was about high school, like 15, 16 years old, I uh, um, I got in a fight. So I was, uh, you know, you, you know, shit's going on at school Who, or was, it, was it was it kyle anderson no some guy at the brink told me i said i was doing a podcast and he said I, he said he fought you know i was like really Are you fought me that? yeah who i don't this uh anderson guy said that i, I don't, don't know, know if he's I lying so okay probably probably I, was, <laughs> I, I wasn't very good at it but i gotten a few of them <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway so yeah it was like a high school thing we met outside of uh of uh 
Crescent Heights, you know, Crescent oh, Heights yeah. out there. Yeah. You know, me in the parking lot. I had all my boys. He had all his boys, and we square up. And it was like one of the first fights I had ever been in. And I don't, I don't know. I rode bulls and shit, you know, for a long time, and obviously had like that fear and that like aggression. I don't know what the hell happened, but no joke, you guys. And it's really good, like really, really happy that nobody found out about it at that time because you're in high school. Because you imagine the fucking beaks you get. <laughs> Anyways, so we go to scrap, and, and I'm, I must have just been trying real hard, and I felt myself. I felt myself shit my pants. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, like this is not." Have good. you even thrown a punch yet? Or oh no? yeah, like we're going like mid scrap, <laughs> like mid scrap. I was like, "Oh my, like this is not good." Like you can imagine high school, you're like, "Holy fuck." Anyways. <laughs> So we, like we keep going and I get him like get him half down and then he, he went down and I was like okay I go to like fucking walk off because I fucking shit myself trying to get out of there and they're like no that ain't it you know it's just round one that's just round one I was like oh no this ain't good so <laughs> round two comes around and he comes at me and he comes like he comes at me like a soccer player he just fucking comes to swing and I just and I had long reach and I just pow just got him with a good one got him with a little left fucking jab there and just down to me cooled him and that was it and all the boys were like hey like, yeah, yeah, no big deal. I do this all the time. First fight ever. <laughs> just reckless boasting. I'm like, okay, guys, let's get the hell out of there. And I didn't even tell my buddies or anybody. Went to the A&Dub, you know, over oh, by yeah. Mark was there. Yeah. My dailies went to the A&Dub, went in the bathroom, tossed my fucking pants and the fucking <laughs> shorts in the garbage there. And nobody ever found out about it. This first time I told this story to this day. <laughs> That's awesome. You know how many how many sets of underwear are in garbage cans around North America? Probably? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you wrote to A and W uh, belly down in the box of the truck. Oh yeah, real filthy. <laughs> and nobody, and that was the thing. Nobody like nobody, nobody smelled nothing. That, that's what I was thinking too. I was like mid fight too. I was like, oh dude, like everybody's gonna find out about this. I'm gonna be the laughing stock of school, and I'll never live this down. You know, luckily got through Carlton. Nobody ever heard it till this day. Oh god, <laughs> that is fantastic. Okay, well Tanner man, I can't thank you enough. And how nice is it here to have Joey Tedarenko here uh, at the acreage getting a tick with a side of Ted? Was it nice? Because not a lot of people say that. Thanks. <laughs> it was very nice. Very nice. Okay, so Tanner Burn, thank you very much. What's the? Oh well, it's COVID. I was gonna say what's the next thing coming up, but do you even know what's coming up next? Yeah, we got a few. I, I just got back from uh, Calgary. We had a couple events out there, and uh, I'm gonna do some more of my events at my house. Um, you know, try to try to keep those things rolling um, with enough support. We can keep that going. The guys are loving it. And uh, we got Grand Prairie, Saskatoon, a couple of those ones that if everything opens up, they're still ready to go. So uh, just like you, playing it by ear, seeing how the hell things kind of play out when we can open up and when we can get back to normal. Right on, buddy. So that was Tick with a side of tats with, uh, let's put it as Canada's greatest and one of the world's best bull riders and the Byrne family, like I've said it for a long time, uh, known as the best bullfighters in the world. There should be a sign in Prince Albert that really says home of the Byrne family. But then I was like, and then if we do that, then we'd need home of Dave Manson. But now Josh plays in the NHL, <laughs> so that sign doesn't sound very good. Home of the Manson family. So. <laughs> but thank you again, Tatter Byrne, and thanks to all the listeners, you guys. Uh, take care and have a good one.